Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you doing today, Michael? I am doing wonderful. I'm excited. The baseball season is uh, getting off to a start, but I know we got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, we are only a few short days away from the Masters. The Masters. And by the time this uh, podcast drops on the airwaves, we will be into the practice rounds and uh, walking the hallowed grounds of Augusta National. I know it's special to you. Someday. To me, it is the yeah. best sporting event of the year. Did you know that years ago when they were protesting Augusta National for not having any women members and CBS started to quake in their boots a little bit and some of their advertisers, the Masters said, yeah, fine, we don't need any advertisers. And they ran the Masters that year without any commercials. <laughs> And CBS agreed because they know what a cash cow the Masters really is. They uh, they had a little power. You know, right now we're living in a time where people are protesting some of the election uh, voting and election changes in the state of Georgia. They want people to protest the Masters. Not going to happen. Definitely not going to happen. Not at all. Yeah. Just not the case. You know, so to kind of usher in our time for the Masters, we're going to visit yet another golf movie and then we're going to take a break from golf movies i've noticed we've done quite a few but gee i wonder why i wonder why however <laughs> good how, stuff though this is however this is i would tell you this is not a golf movie which is really crazy to say i i saw it was called animal house on the golf course that's really what it is today we're going to take a look at the movie caddyshack written by harold ramus brian doyle murray and the uh, late Doug Kenny. I know Harold Ramis is also the late Harold Ramis now. He is too. now, yeah, which is yeah, crazy. We have but, to uh, say that, but a little bit different. Doug Kenny died about a month and a half after the uh, movie wrapped up production. I don't know if he ever saw it on the screen. Yeah, he, uh, you know, co-founder National Lampoon's magazine, Radio Hour, was an up and comer, and it was a lot of pressure on him and Harold Ramis to to write the follow up to Animal House. Yeah, and uh, the way they pulled on to to Brian Doyle Murray, who based a lot of the Caddyshack stuff, the Caddy stuff was on his life growing up as a caddy. So it was kind yeah. of a neat way they uh, put it together. It they really changed a lot. They sure did. Now Harold Ramis would take the director's chair on this movie. Uh, it was released on July twenty fifth, nineteen eighty. It cost a total of six million dollars to make. My suspicion yep. is. Five million of that was on the Chevy Chase. On the uh, <laughs> the destruction you know, of the of the golf course. The destruction of the golf course <laughs> and the party paraphernalia uh, that the cast well, uh, was known for imbibing. There in. was uh, there was some uh, suggestions about that. In fact, they said at one point they were looking to possibly remove Harold Ramis from directing because he was struggling, mm -hmm. and there was some concern about what was going on. But yeah, he pulled it together. Yeah, well. It made it made forty million dollars, mm. so they did get a return on their investment, and it was all here in North America. It really right. did not have an international appeal. Now, this may be one of the most quoted movies of all time. A lot of great quotes. I can't play a round of golf 
without somebody quoting something no, 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 no. from this movie. It really is quite amazing. Yeah. It is a movie filled with one-liners. But let's take a look at the cast first. So the cast was made up of some of the great comedy minds of the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chevy Chase. You huge. know, huge star 1980, played Ty Webb, kind of the wealthy bachelor, uh, country club oddity, uh, but also National Lampoon's Vacation. How about mm-hmm. Fletch? Right oh, he was tremendous in huge. Fletch. Yeah, that was shortly after. Yeah. Yeah, he'd just come off, uh, what, with Goldie Hawn. Um, what was the big one he, he had just done after SNL with Goldie Hawn? He won an Academy Award or was nominated for an Academy Award for it. Can't remember. We'll come back to it. It was good. He Rod, was ready. Ro- most people know this movie because of Rodney Dangerfield, who Definitely. played Al Cervic, uh, the real estate developer developing uh, condos adjacent to the golf course. You know, this was his movie debut. This yeah. was really his he splash was just a stand-up on the screen. Guy. Stand-up yeah. comedian, not a stand-up guy, yeah. but a stand-up comedian up to this point. Stand-up comedian, yeah. and then would later on make a kind of a niche movie, Back, Back to, to School. School. So good. Yeah, good movie. Good that. Uh, Ted Knight plays Judge Snails, and he is brilliant in this role. He is a straight man to mm. all the comics around him. Oh, definitely. And, and yet his comedic delivery is just so on point. You, you watch some of the behind the scenes, and he was frustrated because he was serious. And they were all ad-libbing a lot. Of course, mm-hmm. they said most of uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Murray. And, yeah, that was so ad-libbed that it bothered him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. And again, what was Ted Knight known for? The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Right. All those years that he was, you know, the, the anchor man on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Uh the one who plays really the star of the movie, the main, supposedly the main character, if there is one, Danny yeah. Noonan, is played by Michael O'Keefe. And, you know, he'll go on to have some niche roles. Did you see who they originally had planned for that role? No, who was that? Mickey Rourke. Oh, that would not have been that good. Would not, it would have been a different movie. Very different Very different movie. movie. Yeah, it was a good move to switch that out. Yeah, Michael O'Keefe would later on show up in the movie Michael Clayton. So, you know, right. he's, he's been in a few things, yep. a few serious things. Of course, Carl Spackler, the groundskeeper, so good, played by the one, the only, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah, yeah, and, he's uh, he's fabulous in it. And yet, his character, as we will talk about, really serves no purpose to the storyline whatsoever. Punchlines here and there, that's about it. And he's the one most people quote as as we look at the movie clips on youtube you know they have their own clips one to nine and and he is in seven of the nine clips they show if you watch that you think it's all about him and it's really not yeah and just think about some of the movies he'll go on to make stripes groundhog day meatballs was one of my favorites meatballs so good how about later on cameo kind of appearance in zombie land He's in, he's in a lot of stuff. And, and of course, we love the Murray Brothers. They have the Caddyshack Restaurant here down by the uh, World Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah. They come and do a lot of uh, charity events. And, of course, Bill Murray's a huge Cubs fan. Huge. He's a huge Cubs fan, but also a huge golfer. Huge golfer. And that comes back mm-hmm. to his growing up with Brian Doyle Murray, his brother, and working in a Caddyshack. You, you went Brian Doyle Murray. You might talk about Lou. Yeah, we can talk about Lou Brian Loomis. Doyle Murray. He no. plays Lou Loomis. But, you know, here again, Brian Doyle Murray, the lesser known of the two brothers, but very talented. He's in Groundhog Day. 
He's in Wayne's World. Uh, <laughs> he's he's in the Wayne's movie World. Scrooge. He's all over yeah. the place. Uh, let's take a look at some of the females in this movie. Sarah Holcomb playing Maggie O'Hooligan. I love the last name, Maggie O'Hooligan. She's the uh, waitress with the the Irish Irish accent Uh there. What was she known for? Animal House. That's right. I forgot. She She was the mayor's daughter in Animal House. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How about Cindy Morgan, who plays the judge's irreverent... Uh, She's she's the uh, eye candy in the movie. You bet. You know, she was in the movie Tron. I did not. There you go. Tron. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I She was see. in okay. the movie Tron. How about Scott Columby, who plays Tony D'Annunzio? <laughs> you know, and this guy. He's a great character. He's a great character, and he plays in those types of movies. He was in the movie Porky's and all of yep. the sequels that followed. And one of my little niche favorites, and one day we'll have to do it on here, Demolition Man. Oh, yeah. With Sylvester Stallone. Leslie Snipes. Oh, oh you yeah. Can't beat that movie. That's a great movie. Harder Death Kill. And I, I can't. Uh, we would we would miss some uh, big characters here. How about Henry Wilcoxon, who plays the bishop, the yep. Episcopalian bishop? Uh, did you know he was in the Ten Commandments? I did not. I miss that. <laughs> he was in the Ten Commandments. And personally, one of my favorites and one of my favorite lines in the movie is Wang, who is the uh, 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 partner with Al Cervic. Right. Do you know he was played by Dr. Dow, who is not an actor? I did not. They plucked him off of a university campus. He was a Chinese national. He was a professor at one of the schools out there in They just grabbed him for Rodney's part. They just grabbed him. I think this is his only acting credit. Uh, So there you go, Dr. Dow. Great line in the movie, though, is when he gets out of the car and he's taking pictures. And he goes, hey, Wang, it's a parking lot. I just love that line. It's, uh, (laughs) you know, taking all these pictures. No stereotypes on that one. No, none. He's got the camera around his neck. None Uh, whatsoever. Now, what's amazing is this is one of, this is considered one of the top five comedy movies of all time. Huge, yeah. Top five. And ESPN rated it the funniest sports movie of all time. Uh, that's good. I, I, I'd kind of go there. I don't know. Major League's pretty funny. There's some good ones. That's more serious. Yeah. I, I can't think about a funnier one. I, I'll go with that. So as we think about the movie Caddyshack, and I am sure most, if not all of you have either seen a scene, seen the movie, whether it be the sanitized version for television. Which we recommend. The less sanitized version on DVD or on... Naughty. One of the, uh, you know, one of the streaming services that are right. available. Uh, and I really thought about this. How do you talk about a movie that at the end of the day has no story? <laughs> that's, well, that's, you know, it's a fun one. But really, you, you almost got to cover a character. And then you're like, well, what was the point of that character? Uh... You know, in, in the end, it's it's a gambling bet. What does it all come down to? Uh, how it, Danny gets to go to college? I mean, it's a... It's, and even yeah. the gambling bet does not tie into the initial part of the story, which no. is this kid, Danny Noonan, who's a caddy, working at the caddy shack at Bushwick Country Club. Saving his dimes. Trying to get you know. a caddy scholarship. Wins the event to get the caddy scholarship, but then gets in trouble with the judge, who is the chairman of the club. And then ends up picking up, uh, you know, the place of Al Cervic in this illegal gambling match and will ultimately sink the winning putt. 
But at the end, there's no resolution to anything. No, no, it's 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 interesting. They show him in this house with all the kids, you know, the chaos. He wants out. Uh, great one-on-one with him and Ty mm-hmm. when he's when he's caddying. Then he's over one-on-one with him. Uh, smells Judge smells. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for purpose. Yeah, yeah. And in in the end, <laughs> there really is an end. Pulls him into this and right. Yeah, unless he got a, a little bit of that hundred and sixty thousand. Uh, Judge smells and uh, Ty Webb took home. You know, you just don't know. So let's actually take a look at this. Uh, if it's a movie that has no meaning, so to speak. I think there are some little hidden nuggets in the movie that direct us to search for purpose or meaning in the midst of chaos. Right. You hit on the first one I wanted to just touch base on. And these are three YouTube clips you can find. Uh, The first one is called Caddyshack Chevy Chase. And this is when he and Danny are talking about Danny's future or purpose of life. And great line in there. Uh, he says, the, the great Zen philosopher, and he rattles off the guy's name, once said this, a flute with no holes is not a flute. A donut with no hole is a Danish. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's sinking every putt, every putt yeah. barefoot as he's kind of jumping around the course. And then he f- says, as he's on the green, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And he kind of bumps the ball over the golf ball and into a hole. And he goes, that was amazing. You didn't miss any any of them. And what is Ty's response? Thank you very little. Thank you very little. It What's was, the point? It's a, it, there is no point. Mm-hmm. So Zen philosophy provides ultimately no point and no meaning to Danny's life, who is searching for meaning. Yeah, and it's interesting you went with that one because I was looking at the, the clip, uh, Be the Ball, with Ty Webb and Danny where he's actually caddying. Mm-hmm. And it's where he says... There's a force in the universe that makes everything happen. Yeah. Well, it's true. The Holy Spirit. I mean, we believe in that. It's like, well, there is a force that makes things happen. But when you look at it <laughs> through the lenses at. of Zen philosophy, there really yeah, isn't. Take a no. look at another scene. Another one is, and, and this is the one that is so quoted all the time, uh, under Caddyshack, Dalai Lama. <laughs> and this is when Carl Spackler, who is a works for the greenskeeper, Sandy, the, the Scotsman, uh, is at the caddy shack explaining to one of the caddies his his trip overseas when he gets off a, off a ship and he finds himself in the ancient lands of Tibet where he picks up a job as a looper, a looper, a caddy. And he's going to caddy for the Dalai Lama himself, the 12th son of the Lama, flowing robes, flowing robes, spectacular. You know, there it's... What does he do, though? He unfolds his whole thing as, you know, the llama hits the long ball and gets to the end of the round. And, uh, hey, yeah. llama. Hey, hey, llama, have a, have a, little, have a something, little, little something for the effort. And the llama says, you know, no. He says, instead, upon your death, you will have total consciousness. Total consciousness. So, so I got that going for me. Which is nice. Which is nice. Which is nice. <laughs> Again. Of course, the whole time, isn't he holding like a sickle to the one of the caddies? Yeah, he's holding throws. a sickle up to the kid. No, it's a pitchfork up pitchfork. to the, right. keeps poking the kid in the, the neck. But the point is, here again, we're looking at this kind of Buddhist ideal, this mm-hmm. Buddhism ideal. And yet, there is no 
purpose. There is chaos. Carl is the symbol of chaos in the movie. Wherever he is, it has no point to the movie whatsoever. It's just churning up the pot, stirring up the chaos all around him. It's interesting. The scene they filmed after the production was over between him and Chevy Chase, the the night golfing one Mm -hmm. where he's in there and he's making his own grass to golf on and and smoking. You know, you play on it and you smoke it. You know, that Mm -hmm. whole scene. It... They added it in because they had these two huge stars that had a conflict on SNL. They wanted to bring them together for this. Right. You know, the two of them, Harold Ramis, wrote this silly scene. Yeah. That, that's huge. And again, what is Spackler's point? He's growing grass. Yeah. You can play on and smoke. It, uh, it shows a purposeless. I mean, he, he's searching. It still shows the whole point. There's it's no still searching. Point. Yes. And then, to me, the one that really kind of brings this all home of the chaos is the symbol, you would think, of stability and purpose. Judge Mills. No, I'm no, going to go somewhere going else. Judge? Where are you going? I'm going to go with the bishop. Oh. Yeah. And again, we Small bring part. in the intersecting character of Carl Spackler, who right. represents all chaos in this movie. And they go out to play. The weather is getting stormy. And it's the bishop's final round yeah, on uh, YouTube. Bishop's <laughs> final round on YouTube. And, you know, as the rain is coming down sideways, as the wind is howling, the bishop says, the good Lord wouldn't stop the best round of my life as lightning crackles right above him. And they forge on, ultimately, him getting struck by lightning on the golf course. And what is his declaration when he is back in the clubhouse with the judge and everyone else? There is no God. There is no God. Yeah. Again, bringing in all this chaos into the scene. You know, it it gets me thinking. When I watch a movie like this, you know, you go, where in the world is a crossover into our current culture? My word to this movie is, where isn't there a crossover into our current culture? Searching for purpose? Oh, no. good oh. heavens. I mean, the world today is craving and searching for purpose. <laughs> we it's, see that. It's also what I think, believe, or makes me feel good, ergo must be right. And do Mm. not judge me for that rightness that I am feeling in this moment of my search. Have you seen that? The idea that if I feel it, it must be okay? Yeah. We uh, see that even in our students. We see it in our members. Mm -hmm. We see it in the way people try to rationalize decisions they've made, things that go against the Bible. Yeah. Well, you know, to me, as I'm looking at this scene, you go, well, where does this even cross over in Scripture? You know, the more I thought about this, the more I kept drifting to Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, this is... We're talking about the way the cast acted outside? Well, both end. Think of Genesis (laughs) 19. You know, this is God rescuing Lot. You know, the two angels show up at Lot's door and, uh, you know, we're going to wipe out the city, dude. It's time to t- yeah, time, time to, to pull up the up. ten you know ten pegs and move on. And yet, what happens in Genesis nineteen verse four and following? The crowd shows up, the guys, and uh, they want to lay with the two angels. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's it's very weird, very creepy. It kind of kind of wakes us out a little bit. Now, we look at that scene of chaos. Let's go back to Caddyshack. How about the pool scene for a moment? <laughs> the 15-minute time slot for, women. for the caddies swimming. And in, in all this chaos and in craziness, all of a sudden, there's synchronized swimming. And then that scene ends quickly, 
And the next thing you know, they're back to the chaos. The uh, lifeguard stand gets dumped in the pool. And, of course, the scene with the baby Ruth gets dropped in as well. Which was based on a real story, Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray, real story here. So, again, more chaos is unfolding. We live in a very, very chaotic world. And when we can sit back and laugh at a movie like Caddyshack, which ultimately has no purpose, has no meaning, it shows people searching for meaning, and yet we as Christians know there is greater purpose to Mm -hmm. life. There is greater meaning to life, that we don't kind of drift through the world or drift through life like a Carl Spackler or a Ty Webb or, right. or any of these characters, because ultimately there is something greater, larger, grander than who we are. Right. Well, and, and really, you mentioned at the beginning, we quote this movie a lot. I know I've said to my son, I don't know if you have, but uh world needs ditch diggers too, right? What was it? He was struggling, oh, oh not yeah. going to get into college. This idea that, hey... You can search, you can try, you can look at what you need. And, you know, I when would I use that? When he's struggling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's everybody goes through it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what happens to Sodom and Gomorrah? You know, Ooh. Genesis 19.23, the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife... Behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. And, you know, I think in life there is that moment. This is Danny Noonan. Think about Danny Noonan for a moment. He is presented with a moral and ethical decision. Should he throw everything away? The that caddy, he was working for. That he was working for. The caddy scholarship, doing what's right in the eyes of his parents, Roman Catholic parents. Remember that? They mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. How, do they, how do they show that? Lots of brothers and sisters running around the house. <laughs> And he he has the caddy sh- he has the caddy scholarship in hand, but if he participates in this illegal match taking the place against of Al Servic against the judge, yep. he's going to lose it. And he does. He does. He's Lot's wife. He looks back, and the movie ends with kind of this great celebration because he sinks the putt. But I want you to think about this. Here's another parallel for you. As Sodom and Gomorrah are leveled by God, the golf course is destroyed by Carl Spackler. Mm-hmm. He's blowing it up, trying to kill the gopher. The gophers. Now, does he get the gopher? Nope. He doesn't. That's why there's a terrible sequel. You know, that's why they did a very <laughs> terrible sequel. Yeah, really, really bad. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and you know, you know who takes the place of Al Cervic in the sequel? Jackie Mason. Yeah, Yeah. Jackie Mason. Do you know I've met Jackie Mason? No. His brother (laughs) was a conservative Jewish rabbi in South River, New Jersey, and friends of our family went to temple there, Rabbi Mesa. His real last name was Mesa. Wow. Yeah, so I got to meet Jackie Mason once upon a time when I was a little kid. How's that? Yeah, so chaos, and yet the answer to chaos is Jesus. Yeah, You know, we see in the midst of... That's the force. And that really is. You know, we see in the midst of uh, the chaotic lives that people lead and the chaos that we have coming into our doors, yet there is a peace that transcends. There is a calm that is offered. There is a rescue, a la to lot, 
where God mm-hmm. spares, God saves, God directs. And what's funny is in this movie, this comedic classic movie, they never reach resolution. No. It simply ends with chaos. I don't think that's the case for us. I really don't. I think we have a peace that transcends yeah, the chaos. We know better. But again, are we tempted? Are we pushed? Mm-hmm. Are there other things that want us to look back? Sure. Yeah. That's why we keep the eye on the prize. Yeah. You know, eyes on the word. With that being said, let's let's actually talk about a question of the day, because I really do believe there is something very relevant here. When you look around your community, your life, where do you see worldly chaos encroaching on your structured world? Where do you see it creeping into your borders, so to speak? And in light of that, how do you see God speaking into that chaos and bringing you calm and peace and purpose that your life really does matter, that God really does have something big and powerful in store for you to do and you to represent in a very chaotic world? I think that's a pretty good question to ask. Uh, as we look at maybe one of the most chaotic movies ever made. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't even touch on the fact that the movie almost got shut down a few times because the the cast was totally out of control with their parties and the like, and uh, even the country club had no idea they were going to blow it up the way they did at the end of the movie. So something to think about. We want to thank you for joining us today for Christ, Culture, and Cinema. Next time we will journey into zombie land with Woody Harrelson. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies.